Welcome and thank you for joining us on this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where we connect and collaborate with experts in their industries, published authors, and fascinating people. As a chief inspirational officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, their talents, and their self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters, and when it all aligns, everything works. This week, we have Courtney Meisner with us, and um, wow, I am so excited. So who's Courtney? Why do we have um, Courtney with us? She serves as the Director of Programs and Community Engagement at House of Hope, and we're going to learn more from Courtney on what the House of Hope is, but she teaches quarterly curriculum that she's developed that focuses on three major areas of addressing childhood patterns and belief systems, taking on hard conversations, and emotional health. And you can already hear from that um, platform that this is going to be a very rich episode. Courtney teaches classes and seminars, which provides opportunities for women to understand that they have choices and a voice. And what Courtney knows to be true is this, that when we become women who are emotionally well and no longer require others to steward our own happiness and success, it frees us from our expectations of those relationships, opening up doors to truly see and celebrate our coworkers, our family, other women, and themselves in a different way. So, Courtney, thank you for being with us on this episode today. Yeah, thank you, Marlo, for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so as I jump into that, you know, for those um, um, that are not familiar with the House of Hope, can you share and give us a little bit about what, um, what you do there at the House of Hope? Sure. So the House of Hope, um, we're located in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and it's an amazing place. Fifteen years ago, we started as transitional housing um, for women coming out of at-risk situations. And so that could have been domestic abuse or um, transitioning out of prison. And now we continue to carry some of the housing program element. We house um, three women at a time uh, for four months out of the year. We do that twice a year. But we also outreach to our community um, through classes and therapy. And in those classes and therapy um, and the programs that I set up at House of Hope, we do a lot of that um, digging in and work on emotional health, on um, kind of interrupting some the patterns and the, and the lies and the messages that we picked up in childhood. And then we learn how to communicate with people that we love because sometimes it's really tough to have hard conversations with people that we care about. So yeah. I get to oversee all of that programming um, at House of Hope, and I absolutely love it. Absolutely. Okay, so here's the thing, too. And, you know, as we're talking to people on a nationwide level here, you know, this is, you know, you speak of the core issue of identity. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, we're, nobody's immune to that. How do you, um, you know, how do you tap into that? And, and let's get behind, the, like, the psychology of, of helping somebody understand um, those core issues of identity. How do you how do you do that? Sure. So, at House of Hope, um, and really myself, we we spend a lot of time, um, kind of what we call rewriting the old tapes. And so, um, science shows us that we kind of pick up by the age of seven um, all the messages that we're going to believe about us, as far as our value and whether or not we're loved and whether or not we have um, significant worth, whether or not we have any gifts or any talents that we are going to be able to give back um, 
those messages come in and and where we pick that information up is just from the environments that we um, are raised in and uh, you know the different either religious systems or different communities that we grow up and so as kids you know our little minds are so curious so I know we've always heard like I've got three boys that they're just little sponges so they're constantly picking up information about who they are and and what their value and what their is. What happens is those imprints sort of kind of become permanent. And as we move into adulthood, if they aren't rewritten at a subconscious level, um, back to the truth of who we are, it has to hope we say we are a fascinating creation um, by a God who loves us very much. So the creator of the universe universe thinks you matter. And um, because of that, you do matter. And so we kind of start there with the core identity. And then we strip away anything that says that, you know, we're not valuable, we're not loved, we don't have, uh, we're not good at anything, we're, we're a mess up, and we're a screw up, we're never going to amount to anything. We just, we go back to the place where that message was picked up, and we start to rewrite that, that we can be um, in charge of our future, we can make changes, we can rewrite the way that our life is going to play out. We do have a very unique skill set, um, each into uh, their own, and when that thing gets activated, uh, we really are pretty powerful in what we can do. And so we spend a lot of time in that core identity, just reminding people, you know, what their worth is and what their value is. And we do that not just through words of encouragement, but also through, you know, if there's intense therapy that you need to go through, you can go through therapy. But we also go through classes where we look at bad habits that we've picked up or what we tell ourselves, what we speak over ourselves in the morning, um, you know, when we wake up, I, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, hey, girl, you are looking like uh, you're 37, but that's okay because you are beautiful and you are really good at A, B, and C. And, um, and, and that's what I do. I start every morning reminding myself that my presence um, on that day matters and that um, and I can be okay with that. Not only can I be okay with that, that I could celebrate that. And so that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Right. Now, when you say that, you know, my presence on that day matters. I mean, that those are very, very powerful words, you know, and, and as we hear those play back, you know, um, what do you find? Um, is there a pattern that you witness, Courtney, on, you know, that people develop? And how do you break those patterns so they do see themselves um, that their presence matters? a pattern that they develop that's negative or positive? How do they either break one. the negative? Yeah, either, either one. one. Yeah, however yeah, you hear that. A lot of times the negative patterns come, um, it's not so much like, you know, these blaring red lights at first where you're thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. It's these little things that sort of kind of work themselves into somewhat of an identity crisis. And they start with, that negative self-talk, um, when you wake up and you're the first person who speaks what we say death over yourself or you're speaking life to yourself, but then it's also the people that are around you, what, who, who you're surrounding yourself with and what messages are coming in. Are they cynical? Are they sarcastic? Are they, um, you know, are, are people pushing you down? And, and then what level you engage back into the negativity? Do you join in in the sarcasm? Do you join in in the gossip? Do you enjoy putting people down? And then after that, um, you look at uh, different personality types. And so if anyone uh, has done any research on the Enneagram 
personality type, there's a personality type that's called the helper. It's the number two. These people are extremely service oriented. And um, that is, that is who they are. They want to serve, they want to give, but sometimes they get completely run over and then they end up in this pit of bitterness and, and being really um, mad at people constantly because people walk all over them. But that's because they also walk all over themselves. And so you kind of see just these little things that lead up to a full-blown, you know, emotional breakdown. And then you have so many other, you have so many other factors too. You have your health, you have whether or not you're adding any substance in. Um, and so that's why the picture of emotional wellness and mental health is so big because there's so many irons in the fire that um, end up causing, you know, pretty much a breakdown. The positive side of that and the positive way to get out of that is you just start reversing every single one of those behaviors. So instead of you know, telling yourself that you're terrible every day, you look at something that you're good at. So surrounding yourself with people who are negative, you change your surroundings. You know, instead of letting people walk all over you, which, by the way, Marlo, is a crazy skill. It's, it's, hard, it's harder than it sounds for people who are sent naturally to service and hospitality to set and learn about boundaries. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it kind of goes against who they are a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you start taking those steps. And so, Really, it's identifying A, B, C, and D, and so on and so forth, and then one by one um, replacing that with a different and healthy behavior. Absolutely. And, you know, and people that are listening to this episode, too, I mean, let's get into that entrepreneurship zone and that leadership zone that, you know, that you and I have connected on. Um, You know, this, because this is people, right, where you're unearthing things, you know, that um, you're unearthing mindset, you're unearthing, you know, like so many different habits and things, you know, this is business and life, right? And, and none sure. of us are immune to it. So let's have that bigger conversation of, you know, how does this play into somebody who, um, you know, as we're connecting to their leadership, their business, their workplace, how do these issues and identifying them play into their work performance? Yeah. So a couple of different ways. Um, one way, uh, one of the top principles when I teach, I teach this class called Emotionally Healthy Woman. And the very first thing that you have to kind of quit doing in order to be emotionally well is living for the approval of others. So this is what this kind of looks like. So if you're, you know, you've got this big idea, you're a leader, you're an entrepreneur, you want to start this business, but you've got people that you're trying to impress. And so as soon as you hand over your worth or your value for someone else's approval, you're going to get stuck and you're not going to go after that thing that you know that you are being called to or that is burning inside of you to start because you're so worried about whether or not you're going to have permission from all the people that you have given authority over to tell you whether or not you are worth it or that you matter. So that is one of the big stumbling blocks for people who are trying to get a business or a vision off the ground is they look out into the sea of people and of faces and say, can you tell me I'm okay? Can you tell me this is a great idea? Can you tell me this is going to work? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Instead of just kind of positioning themselves to understand that whatever happens is okay. But if they think it matters, then it matters. And it's worth trying. It's worth going after it. Mm. And so this is so much different than like sound counsel on how to strategically set up a business. This is whether or not we should actually do this. And I see this happen a lot. There are so many 
just people with fantastic ideas that fall completely flat because they're afraid people are going to think they're crazy. And right. it's just, you know, and, and that is rooted in this need for other people to tell us that we're loved and that we're okay and that we have value. Um, and so I see that happen with entrepreneurs and people trying to start a business. At work, the way this looks like is, um, I'll give you an example, like you're sitting at your desk, your coworker comes in, she hands you a piece of paper. She's like, I'd like this to be done by two o'clock. She turns around and walks out. You and her are really good girlfriends, but that on that day, her tone and her body behavior was a little off. And so you sit at your desk and you spin out. Instead of just doing the work, you sit there and you think, she's mad at me. I said something. It's me. She doesn't like this shirt. I told my husband this shirt was fat on me. I can't even believe I bought this shirt. I don't even know why I'm here. I'm terrible at this job. In 25 minutes, 30 minutes has been completely wasted on a negative self-talk tape on an uh, something, an assumption of the way her body language was. And so that affects us a lot at work too, because we show up and we think, you know, I need all of these people to react to me in a certain way. And that therefore I will perform and react back instead of just showing up and, and, and knowing that, you know, we belong, we have value. We were asked to come to work because obviously we have a skill set, and we, and we do our job. So I hope that makes sense. So that's two different ways it kind of plays out in, in leadership and entrepreneurship. Okay, so here what I'm listening you say to Courtney is, um, you know, we want to empower that belonging, that value, that skill, right? But then yeah. there's also the other side of it. Like, how do you drive people to um, uber independence and self-reliance in a way that it's healthy, that they're not then on the other side of the fence, you know, looking for validation constantly from others to know their worth, but like becoming like too independent and self-reliant. Do you ever witness that? And and are you hearing what I'm speaking within that right there? Yeah. Or you just have, you know, yeah. Or you just have, (laughs) I don't want to say like a jerk in the, in the, in the office, but someone who just walks in with a really inflated ego. Is that what we're talking mm, about? And so, pretty much, yeah. Like, how do yeah, you keep them yeah. surrounded <laughs> within, you know, um, like the other side of that? Sure. So a lot of times um, we have found, so back to the personalities, you know, sometimes you, you just are going to have stronger personalities. You're going to have people that tend a little bit more to walk in a confidence that sometimes can maybe look like an, an inflated ego or look like vanity, um, but they just are, you know, they, they're confident. The truth is, is that insecurities with people come out in a lot of different ways, and sometimes they're masked in that egotistical way. So I, I would challenge that people who show up at work and use other people um, as a way for them to get an upper hand and take advantage of other people, uh, you know, I would challenge that behavior and, and it would be interesting to look under the hood and see what deep insecurities there are. Because for someone to, to blatantly put themselves in a position that puts other people down or, or um, just, you know, or just mean in the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, that, ha- that says everything about them and nothing about their coworkers, which means that they are dealing with something um, on a deeper level. And that very much... We do this all the time at House of Hope. I say when I teach my classes, what's going to be so great when you go out into the world after this is um, you're going to go out with House of Hope glasses. So instead of just getting mad at someone, you're going to become interested. Like what made you act like that? 
Well, I wonder what happened in your childhood, if anything, or you're a teenager, your young adulthood, where you felt like that you needed to compete for position. Like, you know, you did, they didn't just wake up as a kid and decide to be mean or full mm. of themselves. All right. of that is completely, um, that happens throughout our life. And so and to me, in order to deal with a big personality that like that in the office, number one is just, a, you know, a mutual respect and compassion for your coworker. Number two, you set really healthy boundaries around yourself so that whatever they're spewing or whatever, so their big ego can't get into your um, controlled environment of what you decide what you're going to deal with for the day. And then number three, back to what I was talking about, those clear and candid conversations with people. Um, and so you just uh, get to know that person a little bit deeper. Ask them if they're willing, if they're willing to open up and talk about things. You might find that um, all that they're pushing out on you or in the workplace or, or when they walk in is really just um, a form, a, de- a deflection, really, to kind of what they have going on. And so I know that when people get really emotional, emotionally well, they stop doing that because we value people at a totally different level and we don't use them anymore to get the upper hand. Right. Right. And yeah. And, and the thing that I've witnessed too, you know, when we talk about emotional intelligence and, you know, just people have always been the product, you know, when I see ego, it can sometimes be, you know, it's a, it's a mind of fear, you know, and sure. they have yeah, yeah. fear, the raging war. Um, there's just fear going on and that drives that ego masked individual and so, you know, teaching people to have that healthy level of confidence um, connected to a level of service, right? And yes. being really aware of healthy confidence and how that serves others, you know, so it's like that full-bodied approach to, um, you know, just to being who we are, trusting ourselves, you know, all of those different um, components. Okay, so as we're listening to you share this too, Courtney, you know, give us our, um, a little bit of a background on, on yourself. You know, how did you arrive at this? And, and how did you know that this was your level of service um, in the world, not only through House of Hope, but you as an individual? Take us there. Yeah. So um, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I have three boys. And I had Irish twins, Marlo. I had them um, ten and a half months apart. People ask Josh and I a lot. Uh, you know, do we know how babies are born or made? And yes, yes, we do. Um, we didn't mean to uh, have Irish twins or two two little ones back to back. And so, what kind of happened in my story six years ago, after I got pregnant with our third son, um, I was still um, trying to navigate the postpartum from just having a baby, our second son. And so, when I got pregnant with Jude, who was our third son, it kind of created this perfect hormonal storm inside of my body. Um, and I just lost it. I lost my grip on um, who I was, but also just on at an emotional and hormonal, hormonal level. Um, I needed help. But I slipped into a really just terrible um, postpartum depression that for a long time, um, I blamed myself for. So back to what we were talking about our families of origin and what we were raised in, I come from this crop of really strong women and um, they're amazing. And they taught me so much. But one of the messages I picked up as a kid was that I should just shake stuff off. Right. So I kept telling myself, you're better than this. Get up, get out of bed, shake this off. Your kids are a blessing. There are women all over the world who can't have children. 
I don't know why you're so angry. You're full of bitterness. You need to repent. You know, like constantly putting myself down for this medical condition that I wouldn't even acknowledge. Um, And so finally, in a little bit of like a Hail Mary situation, my husband, because our marriage also, he was feeling the stress of that because I was transferring everything I didn't know how to deal with onto him. We do that all the time in relationships. And so, um, you know, he just said, can we please go see uh, one of the therapists? And she just happened to work at House of Hope. And so at House of Hope is where I, for the first time, heard that the depression wasn't my fault. And the thing is, is that it wasn't that someone was telling me that. I was telling myself that. And so for her to catch on to that and then to say, you know what? This, is, this isn't your fault, and there are things that we can do to get you healthy. And so we, uh, she actually admitted me into House of Hope. Um, I came and I stayed for three nights. We did some, um, some work. We did some work, and then she um, sent me over, and I actually was, I did put myself, and we agreed to, put, to do medication for a couple years to try to regulate um, my hormones. And then um, I started on these practices, and it was the stuff of, uh, the emotionally healthy woman is, um, it's, it's eight things that you have to quit to be emotionally well. It's a book that was written by a woman named Jerry Cesario. And, you know, some of the, a few of them are quit living for the approval of others, quit lying. That means just speak up and state your preferences. Um, quit over-functioning. That is when you do for others what you can and should be doing, what they can and should be doing for themselves. And, you know, I was doing all of those things like in the hamster wheel of performance and perfection and what I thought I should be doing. And I honestly, Milo, I just died. I emotionally Mm. died in there. And when I was sitting on my therapist's couch, I was saying words like, I just want to disappear. And my husband would be better off if he had a different wife and the kids would be better off with a different mother. Um, And that's because everyone, every single person in my life was in front of me and I was taking care of everyone but me. And so when I got myself finally back together, um, which now has been four years ago, I've been like very disciplined in taking care of my emotional wellness. Um, I started just talking about it. And as it turns out, tons of women and tons of, of families are experiencing what it is that I went through. And so I felt like I had to, the only right thing to do, was to start teaching and to start speaking on it and to say there is another way that you can be healthy and that you can be whole and you can be unapologetic for who you are and you can be an amazing wife in that place or a servant-hearted mother in that place. You don't have to give up those things, but you do have to start taking care of yourself. And so that's kind of a little bit my background. That is your level of service, my friend. You know, yes, um, <laughs> yeah, our experience guides, right? Like you've experienced it and it's been your guide in saving others through that whole, um, the whole journey. And, um, yeah. you know, there's a level of richness. And as people are listening to this, you know, that um, there's, there's so much to being a full body person, right? And there's so much yeah. that goes into our emotions and how that connects to our identity, how it goes into our level of service and, and leadership and, and choosing to take risk, you know, and move into the choices that we do make. And, you know, that's why this is so powerful. And, you know, let's, um, 
just listening to what you have to share. Um, you know, if there's a man that's, you know, listening to this episode, I know he's getting value from it because, you know, sometimes, <laughs> um, you know, there's a level of, uh, you know, just we're unaware of what people may be going through. And I think you've just eloquently shared, um, you know, some of the, the hardships and the heartache and, and that you've created with the, through this house of hope, which is just absolutely amazing. And I've been able to meet, very fortunate to meet um, so many of the women that um, serve there at um, you know yeah, at such a high team. level. Yeah, yeah total <laughs> dream team. Yeah. Right? And you know, it's just it's so cool though that the community's created um, a, a place, a soft place to land for others yeah. to gain um, knowledge and resources and do all of the things. So, you know, as we come into the close of this, I mean, are there specific platforms or things, um, Courtney, that you can lead us to that will share more about the House of Hope that we can reach out or connect to? Yes. So you can find me. I'll just, I'm just going to give you the website. It's um, www.houseofhopecr.org. Um, you can learn all about our services. Um, you can request a speaker. I can come out and teach. Um, there's a form there. Um, my email address is listed, um, and I am happy to answer any questions to anyone listening to this episode if they just wanted to email me. For more information, I'm happy to share resources and things that um, have helped not only myself, but what you're just talking about, Marlo, about the men, my husband and I. I mean, it, it, this, this stuff isn't just for women. It's for everyone. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as a mother of sons, you know, you've got those, those precious boys that, you know, you're bringing up and this just relates on, on such a high level to so many people. So again, Courtney, I just want to thank you for coming out and sharing, you know, what you're doing, the journey that you've been on, um, the richness and the depth that you bring to what you do as a professional speaker and a writer and an advocate for this emotional wellness that affects all of us. And so bless you for that. And this is just mm-hmm. amazing. So, <laughs> to learn about Courtney Meisner, you can find um, you can find out more on our website at marlohiggins.com, where you can learn how to connect to Courtney's resources and add her to your circle of influence. And I just want to thank you for joining us today, Courtney. This has been a very rich episode, and I thank you for your time on that. Well, thank you, Marlo, and I hope all of you, I'm from the South, so y'all have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. We invite you to share this podcast with others, and we thank you in advance for your partnership. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer, and like Courtney says, y'all have a great rest of your day. All right. Thanks, Courtney. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.